What ho, cats and kittens, and welcome one and all to the concluding episode of Discontent Provider for yet another fun-packed week. Yes, the weekend is upon us. That Friday feeling, TM, courses through the veins of young and old alike. Time once again for most of us to cast off the shackles of the humdrum and the quotidian and to really live. That's normally the case, of course, and even though it's largely a myth promulgated by canny marketing wonks looking to flog crunches or to convince the masses that spiritual and emotional fulfilment might be found in a third trip to the roast potato station uh, and all you can cram into your repulsive churning more pub carvery, it's a harmless enough fiction and one that, if nothing else, does make the Monday to Friday round seem... well, slightly more bearable. Yet now it appears we are to be denied even that, because this weekend doesn't beckon us towards a graceful swan dive into soft-cushioned indolence or a panoply of unknowable and ad-agency-regulated pleasures. Instead, it looms and lowers above us like a thundercloud filled with sharks. Sharks made out of lightning, who have just fucked the person nearest and dearest to you and are salivating at the prospect of describing each and every moment of the encounter in pitiless and needlessly poetic detail. Other, entirely mistaken viewpoints are available, of course. Not everybody will be regarding the upcoming 48 hours as a potential flashpoint for a chaotic wall of street fights and the ascendancy of repressive political fuckstumpery. They maintain a sanguine air as they stroll around the beige-drenched furniture outlets or... uh, Or... uh, I must admit, cats and kittens, that I find myself at something of a loss for another example of an innocuous ledger activity. Most of my downtime uh, involves roaming around the countryside with Arkham here until we find a suitable spot in which to break out the bone-shaped dog treats and uh, the three-litre bottle of home-brewed pale ale, and uh, then I drink myself insensible until the world's greatest lurcher decides it's time to lead me home. I understand, though, that people do do other things than go to Ikea or indulge in abusive binge drinking, at the weekend, it's just that I have not the slightest idea what those things are. Well, whatever they are, however, some people will be doing them this weekend, all insouciant and upon pleasure bent, wringing the last droplets of peace and joy from the manky bar rag of freedom that Saturday and Sunday represent, with scarcely a care in the world. And, in all honesty, podcast pals, I'd do the same myself had I a choice in the matter. Dash it all, perhaps we all would. It might be nice, in fact I'm certain that it would be nice to be able to enjoy oneself picking out a new recliner or watching the the, the Gunners beat Lewis Hamilton as they bully off from the Oki because I've just remembered that sport is a thing at the weekend. Uh, Anyway, uh, they can experience these things without the oppressive fear that things in our never notably united kingdoms are about to get distinctly umpty. Because they very well could do, you know, and it's doubtless a concern that you yourself are experiencing, unless you're one of those truly committed, lotus-eating sybarites, blithely weekending sans anxiety. I know for a stone-solid fact that you're not, though, because if you were, why in the name of God would you taint your ears with our, admittedly erudite and immaculately constructed, outraged outpourings of nihilistic negativism? Let's face it, though. It's not by any means certain, despite the dire warnings of those prone to conspiracy theories upon both wings of the political shitehawk, that things will go south, but the very possibility exists that this weekend will represent something of a watershed moment in our national story. 
I hate to be alarmist, I really do. On the whole, it's a ploy that's been used to the point of laughable cliché by demagogues and grifters since time immemorial was barely able to crawl, and the intentions behind its use have never been those calculated to do anybody but the doomsayer any good, be they some bone-rattling primeval preacher or a bone-broth-selling shitfucker who's in the hole for more than $1.5 billion. One must admit, though, with feelings running so high and being encouraged to run even higher minute to minute by a putrid proliferation of bad faith actors, and in the case of Lawrence Fox, bad actors, plain and simple, that doings on hand in London over the next couple of days are fraught with peril and frightfulness. I've tried to write it all off as media hype, believe you me, I've tried. And to some extent I've succeeded. Yes, I'm not positive that the planned ceasefire march and the equally disparate group of people who feel impelled to protect the cenotaph will come to blows. After all, the demo is not scheduled to go anywhere near the monument for a start, so there's absolutely no reason why they should. But, truth be told, I'm not sure whether or not that that actually matters. I'm painfully, agonisingly aware that the same media who has been uh, fermenting division, fear and hatred will be looking to turn anything that goes amiss into a terrifying, orgiastic inferno of violence that can only be solved with the harshest possible measures. After all, even the bulk of those who will actually be there won't know what really happens, if anything does. In a crowd numbering tens of thousands, who can tell what happened when or if it kicks off? All most will know will be rumours, Chinese whispers, and deliberately placed disinformation. So what chance will those of us who aren't there have of being sure what may, will, might have taken place by the time the story reaches us via TV or social media? Oh, stone me, but that was an inelegant sentence, was it not? Inevitable, I suppose, given that I'm speculating upon things that might happen in a potential future, but you'd think a lifelong Doctor Who geek would have a better grasp of temporal grammar. Anyway, the point, in as much as I have one, uh, is that should there be any sort of ruckus twixt the two groups, it will undoubtedly lead to a red-topped tsunami of condemnation and division, and calls for all assemblies, demos, marches and protests to be made illegal, and that we have a government, and particularly a Home Secretary, who will be almost indecently receptive to such suggestions. While I genuinely believe that the vast majority of those marching for a ceasefire in Gaza will be doing so with the very best of intentions, it would be naive beyond words to claim that there won't be an extremist element among their numbers. Fuck it, I'm even willing to allow that there might be many around the Cenotaph who aren't aligned with any political faction, but do feel a genuine sense of fear and aggrievement at the idea of Armistice Day being in some way compromised. Well, with regards to these honest but misguided souls, I'm all for enlisting the help of a few spiritualists. You know, in the general run of things, I have no truck with table tippers, spirit rappers or such like frauds, but they could definitely play a positive role here. Anyone simple-minded enough to fall for the rhetoric and the out-and-out lies put about by some media outlets about how poppies have been banned and Just Stop Oil cats and kittens have tried cuffing themselves to the cenotaph could be, I think, easily convinced by even the most medium-medium that their great-uncle Ernest, who died three times during the Battle of the Somme, might very well think that war isn't such a a bees a wheeze after all and that anyone looking to stop it should be supported and not despised. That isn't the main problem though, of course. These coves aren't the the ones actively looking for a ruck. 
It's the Turning Point UK charmers. And whatever semi-sentient slurry Tommy fucking Robinson has managed to dredge from the murkiest depths of the gene pool that will be bent on trouble. As will the Hamas-boosting, jew-baiting jerk-offs who will be attaching themselves to the ceasefire march. Should these two factions come to blows, it will be their witless, selfish, abhorrent and irredeemably reprehensible attitudes and behaviour that will, thanks to the charmless Suella and the tireless Fourth Estate, end up characterising the day's events and our nation's understanding of them. And I think we all know to what that sort of narrative leads. A what? Ah, perhaps in some ways it's oddly fitting that an armistice day should end up becoming an ugly punch-up twixt groups of people whose actions have been planned and manipulated by leaders who will be conspicuous by their absence when the shit hits the fan. That is, after all, what sparked off two world wars and the ensuing geopolitical shitshow. But even though I'm rather immense on irony and dark wry humour as a rule, I can't say I feel like laughing at the prospect. I won't lie to you, cats and kittens. I'm a worried, worried silver fox right now, and all I can say is that I hope for the least worst outcome. We'll be back next week for more Discontent Provider, and almost certainly a post-mortem of the weekend. Should we all be spared, we'll see you then. Hopefully. There's a song on the way, and to be perfectly candid, podcast pals, I've never felt the ineffectuality of protest singing more keenly than I do right now. Nevertheless, until we iron out the bugs in the mind control ray we've been working on for the past decade or so, it's pretty much all we can bring to the table. Cheerio. Hoist up your flags, it's time to take on the slags who have the nerve to say the fighting should cease. Britannia is calling you to defend the fallen From those who dare to advocate peace They're spitting on a history They've got no respect for those who fought and died in glorious wars So we'll teach them a lesson that they'll never forget By shitting on the freedom heroes died for Drunk in red, white and blue Think of all those YouTube views that show the world what Britons do best you can mark for ceasefire, man, but we only aspire, man, to terrify the Zionist Jews. We'll smile while we bide our time, then we'll turn Hamas side, so we can make our jihad headline news. We don't give a damn about any woman or man who isn't part of our fanatical scene. We'll be soldiers, we'll be martyrs, we don't want their intifada We want to wipe the holy land clean It doesn't matter to us if they hate us in the papers Or if we fuck up the pacifist cause Even as they fool us and give the assholes on both sides thanks With their misdirected ire they're helping them stoke the 
fires that will warm the hearts of pals of cell tanks. What's the point of having power if you can't make people cower in fear and hate of their neighbours? They solemnly wipe fingers at the fighters and reclingers But they're grateful cause they're doing them a favour Turning folk on each other, not the slick motherfuckers Who have run the show for thousands of years 